What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Keep It Posy podcast. My name is Jasmine, and this is episode 39. Before I get into this week's guest, I wanted to introduce a new thing called the Posy Spotlight, in which every week I'll spend some time talking about a nonprofit organization doing something positive to contribute to our society. In the past, Nonprofits have been discussed on here, but I thought I would make it a weekly feature. To kick things off, I wanted to talk to you about Stand Up for Pits, a nonprofit organization dedicated to saving the lives of pit bull type dogs through live events, funds, education, and advocacy. Examples include donation drives and spay and neuter events. The nonprofit also supports pit bull type dog rescues around the country by raising funds, providing publicity opportunities, and pit bull adoptions at Stand Up for Pits live events. Stand Up for Pits was founded by actress and comedian Rebecca Corey in September 2013. She continues to use her platform to fight for pups and continue to raise awareness. If you would like to learn more or make a donation to Stand Up For Pits, you can visit standupforpits.us. This week's episode features Mike Cubillos, who is the owner of Earshot Media, a music publicity company he started in 1997. He has worked in music for even longer than that, and over the years, Mike has worked with bands such as All Time Low, Avenged Sevenfold, the All-American Rejects, and has also worked campaigns for festivals such as the Vans Warped Tour, Taste of Chaos, and It's Not Dead Fest. Earshot is still going strong, and the current client roster includes Robic Fish, Spartan Records, Wiretap Records, Check Your Head Podcast, Half Past Two, and Demons, just to name a few. In this conversation, Mike tells the story of how he started his own company, how he knew he wanted to work in music, the importance of building relationships, his long working relationship with Scott Punk legends Real Big Fish, and a whole lot more. Here's my conversation with Mike on the Keep It Posy podcast. What's up? What's going on? How are you? I'm good. Oh, what's you know, happening? Good to finally get this done. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you. We met that one time in front of, I forget, it was, uh, who was playing? I know it was the Dolly Rots. Or oh, no, it was Go Betty Go and the Dolly Go Rots. Betty Go, that's right. That's and Dolly hat. Rots were playing too, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Man, right. remember shows? <laughs> I know, God. And you probably went to a ton of, you used to go to a lot of shows, right? Yeah, it's been hard, Yeah, you know, because, I mean, everyone has their thing outside their, their job and outside their home. But for me, I mean, most of the time it'll be like at a Denny's or at a show. Right. right. So, so without that, you don't really get to see people. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been doing, you know zoom chats and facetime i do oh, what i can yeah right on you know how i've done this i always go back to the very beginning 
because I think it's um it's always crazy to me how people start with their love for music and I just feel like you've had quite the experience even though I don't know half of it <laughs> probably um yeah so if you don't mind taking me back all the way to the beginning of how it is you were introduced to music and how you got all the way to where you're at now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it starts for me like a lot of other people. I don't know if you have older siblings or like a cool aunt or uncle or something, but that's kind of really how it started. My, I have an aunt that's kind of closer in age to me and my brother and sister. Um, so rather than an aunt, she was kind of like a cool older sister. Um, so back in the day, she would, you know, turn us on to all these albums back in the you know day of vinyl. She would take us to record stores and, um, just bring home like sacks of different vinyl. And, you know, she'd be cruising in her car, driving us little, you know, little shits around and, um, singing along to every word. And she just seemed so cool to me. Um, and then, you know, my older brother kind of got me into music. He was four years older than me. And this was back in the days of, you know, K-Rock, New Wave thing um, and punk rock. So he, he turned me on to things like the Ramones and, you know, all that like kind of first wave, new wave stuff, you know, Devo and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so really, it kind of started with like classic rock. And then it moved into kind of more of the, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other bands from that 80s era, but, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that kind of started it. And then without realizing it, I kind of veered, I, I kind of thought that I would have a career in journalism or um, like film or TV. That's what I went to school for, radio, TV, mm -hmm. film. Um, and then we had to do an internship as part of our uh, curriculum or whatever. And so I took an internship at a record company. And that's when I realized, well, like, there's people that actually make, you know, a living working in music. <laughs> like, you know, I can't play an instrument. I don't, you know, I can't sing. I can't do any of that. But I wanted to be around it. And that was kind of where every other plan I had for a career kind of fell by the wayside. And I just sort of ran with this. I ended up getting hired on at one of the companies that I interned for um, and bumped around a few different uh, different departments. And I realized that publicity, which is now what I do, uh, kind of was the right fit for me because it, it sort of let me work really closely with the artist. Um, it was kind of creative. I got to be working with a lot of different writers that I always grew up you know, reading as a kid or as a teenager and stuff, I was always picking up like the LA Weekly and all the, you know, fanzines and things like that. And so this allowed me to like talk to these people on the phone and pitch them artists and, and do that. And I got to write as well, which is something I always like to do. So mm -hmm. just kind of melded all the things I love writing, you know, dealing with the artist directly, uh, kind of being able to be creative. I don't play music, so I but I get to kind of have a say in sort of the rollout of a campaign and how we're going to present this artist to, you know, the world. Um, and so all that really appealed to me, being able to talk on the phone. This is back in the day, you know, before email. That's how old I am. 
uh, where we would actually pick up the phone and talk to writers and editors and pitch them on our artists, you know, and um, it was really fun for me to get to talk to these writers that I grew up reading in the LA Weekly or, you know, all these from Flipside and all these places. So anyway, that's kind of what led me to a career in the music industry. And then after, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, having bad experiences just kind of along the way. Um, I had a lot of great experiences, but I worked for a bunch of different record companies. And after going through layoffs and all that kind of thing, I finally kind of had enough. And that was what I needed to kind of go out on my own independently. And that's when I started Earshot Media. So, yeah. And you've been at it for more than 20 years now, right? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think I started in, I, it's funny cause I, I believe it was 97, but it might've been more like 98. And my first client was Mojo Records. I don't know if you remember them. Uh -huh. Um, we had like Goldfinger and real big fish and cherry pop and daddies. And you know, it was kind of like at the height of like that whole swing revival. So that kind of, they kind of had a foothold in that kind of, you know, pop punk sort of scene doing those types of artists kind of led to more work with other labels that were doing that thing. Mm -hmm. um, so earshot for a long time. And I think still to this day kind of is known for sort of that like warp tour kind of stuff that we work, but thankfully I have been able to, you know, still do that. And I think we do a good job of it, but also be able to, you know, kind of delve into other genres, Dude, yeah, that's awesome. I have a work laptop for my job, but I'll hear the email sound kick in. I'm like, oh, I wonder who that is. Oh, it's Mike. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, man. We're working so much. And I feel like a lot of it is wiretap stuff. But, um, you know, we just we keep busy. You really got to hustle these days yeah. to, you know, just keep busy and thankfully you know we've been doing this a long time or i've been doing this a long time that people come to me and and i love to kind of help them get their music out there and spread the word i mean there's a reason why you've been at it <laughs> you know and you just crushing it all the time killing it oh thank you well um i mean honestly like even like people like you and your podcast, like that to me is the fun part of it is like working with people that are just doing this because they love music. And, um, you know, and that's one thing I wanted to do with your shot is, um, on the PR side is just really, you know, a lot of labels and stuff, they just look to like, what's the big get, you know, Rolling mm -hmm. Stone or Pitchfork or whatever. And, and that's important, but I think really laying the foundation with like smaller blogs and zines and things like that. Like when I can, I like to support a lot of those guys and girls that are doing these things. Um, just, and I've seen a lot of these people that, that do start little zines or blogs and stuff, and then they go on, you know, I know people that did that and now they're like at MTV or, you know, or at places like Pitchfork or Alternative Press or um so and i think people remember that like i have people tell me all the time you were one of the first publicists that you know let me gave me access to one of your artists you know um and so i think that's that's kind of cool that i've been able to see you know 
people kind of move up the ranks in the music business, whether it's bloggers or, you know, journalists or whatever. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome because you just never know what a passion project could lead to in your career. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, again, like I still, it was one of those things like music was always like kind of my hobby and then it became work mm -hmm. and you know how that goes. Like, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden your work is your hobby and then you're like, man, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, <laughs> like a good thing. They say, do what you love and then you'll never work a day in your life. But at the same time, it's, you're kind of like, you know, living, breathing it. So, you know, I've tried to find outside interests. It's hard. I know what you mean. Just do your thing, do the best you can, and and life will lead the way, I guess. And, well, that's good, too. Like, even the bad experiences that you had, it, there's definitely things, like, there's, there have been bad experiences I've had with work, and I look back on it, like, whether it's a difficult manager you know, that's, that's a lot sometimes, but I've found like looking back what a nightmare it was, but a lot of times they'll bring out the best in you because mm -hmm. they're riding you really hard and they really just, you know, and then at the end of it, you're like, you know, beaten up and bruised, but you're like, man, I kicked ass on that project. And you look back and go, okay, I kind of learned from that. And, um, so, and that's one thing when I started Earshot, my company, I, you know, I wanted to take the things that I learned along the way that I didn't like and like not do that. <laughs> yeah. And so I've kind of picked and choose the things that I learned that I thought worked and I agreed with, and then I just trash all the rest of it. Um, and I wouldn't have learned those lessons if I didn't, you know, have situations that I wasn't really happy in all the time, you know? Yeah, no, um, for sure. Which I guess leads me to my next question. Have you ever been at a point in your career where you thought you'd quit the industry, but you didn't? And if you've experienced that, what kept you going? Yeah, um, definitely a lot. <laughs> um, I've been through a few years ago. I was really kind of discouraged with where things were going and dealing with a lot of you know, it's a cutthroat industry and you, I like to surround myself with people that are, you know, honest and good, real solid people. And for the most part, I've been able to do that, but you know, it wears on you every now and then when you got to work with energy, toxic people. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time and for sure there's moments where you're like, and it's, it's kind of, especially when you work for yourself, it's sort of feast or famine. Um, so there were times where I'm like, you know, I, when I went to college before I started Earshot Media, I, um, took the CBEST, which is the test to be a substitute teacher. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I passed that. So I always thought if the music thing doesn't work out, I, I'm going to go into teaching. My wife's a teacher, um, and her mom was a teacher. And so there was a moment where I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, go into teaching. I just was kind of burnt out on where things were going. and. And luckily, you know, that's one thing I've learned is that you could have a bad day, you could have a bad week, you could have a bad month, you, you know, you could have a bad year, but eventually the tides turn and things turn around and, and, you know, 
looking up again. So like you just kind of got to write it out. And so thankfully I didn't do that and I just kind of stuck with it and, you know, and there's still bad days and good days and stuff, but, um, right now, like things are awesome. Like I've had a really good year, which I know feels weird and you feel kind of bad even saying it because so many people in the music industry are not doing well right now. And I feel for, you know, friends that are in like the live music industry and things like that. Um, but you know, from what I do standpoint, like last year was a great year just in terms of staying really busy. And I think, um, a lot of artists that were not able to tour, um, you know, they really just kind of buckled down and started writing music and putting records out. And so for that, they need someone like me to promote their, you know, their music. So, um, as hard as it was, there was opportunities as far as just, you know, a lot of people putting records out and needing someone to promote them. And, um, so thankfully, you know, and I couldn't have, I was really worried when this whole COVID thing happened because my kids were getting ready to start college. I have two kids in college at the same time. Um, and it was like, Oh man, like what timing, you know, like, cause I remember back in the big, what was it? The great recession. Um, you know, th- there were some tough times during that as well, but so I was kind of prepared for things to go south a little bit. It made me kind of worried with the kids starting school and everything, but thankfully, you know, it's worked out. So, so yeah, to answer your question, definitely there have been many times where I wanted to throw in the towel. Um, but you just write it out and things turn around again. There's going to be moments where I want to quit again. <laughs> But I don't know what else to do uh, besides be a substitute teacher. I don't, I'm not really, I'm too old to try something new. <laughs> well, it's never too late, but, um, but in all seriousness though, I'm glad that you kept going. Cause, um, I feel like at one point, no matter what industry people are in, it does feel like we hit a point with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's, things are tough all around and, and the music industry is no different. And, uh, you know, sometimes I look back on the simpler days when, you know, I didn't have, you know, kids and a mortgage and all those things. And it just becomes, you know, that much more stressful. Um, but you know, it's, I'm happy at the end of the day, I, I lay my head down and I love what I do and I love helping bands um that maybe otherwise would not get that attention and i love the people i work with i love the labels i work with um and i consider them you know good friends and family so i mean i have friends that work like desk jobs and you know i can't even fathom doing something i mean i I have a desk job really i mean i basically sit at a computer all day but I'm working in rock and roll, punk rock, whatever. Like, what's to complain about? <laughs> I'm not like peddling, you know, widgets or insurance taking, or whatever. Know, customer service, <laughs> taking phone calls, complaints all day. Exactly. Yeah. No, I yeah. hear you. And you try to explain to people like, oh, what was your day like? And it's like, I don't know. Just some <laughs> of the things that we're, you know, that we do it just sounds so stupid. But, you know, I guess it brings people joy it does and if we can help get that out there i guess that's a good thing i used to kind of trip you know think what we did was very trivial mm-hmm. and kind of silly in the scheme of things but 
you know, it's important. We all contribute how we can. And music, I know what it did for me growing up, and I'm sure for you. It's kind of funny that you say that because, I mean, I worked in radio and, you know, last minute free tickets for whatever show, you know, right? Because, you know, the winners didn't pick them up or we just couldn't give them all away. Right. And, you know, I was going to all kinds of shows. Like, I was just like, I was seeing bands that I never thought I'd see when I was at Cal OS. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was like, dude, like you're going to all these shows and seeing all these big bands. And I was like, dude, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like I told him, I put up with a lot. Right. I put up with a lot. It's not just the job, what you do, but it's also the personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm sure you've dealt with that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you get jaded a little, like even with my wife, uh, you know, she's a teacher and back pre-COVID, you know, she loves going to shows with me because it's so far removed from what she does day to day. And for me, I'm like, I got to go to another show. And it's like, she's like, you should, you know, like you should be happy. Like, this is a cool thing that you get to do. And you kind of lose sight of that sometimes. Like, I got to drive traffic and, you know, go here or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. And so it's nice to be reminded that, yeah, like you're saying, you got to deal with personalities and all that stuff, but we're very lucky. And you forget about it. Once you're in there, you forget yeah. about whatever it is that was stressing yeah. you out like a few hours before, which is a really nice feeling. Yeah. You could be having a bad day and all it takes is like, you know, one of the labels to send you advanced music of a band that I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. And just I'm in a, all, I all of a sudden remember why I'm doing this, or you know, or you land a huge, you know, review or a feature or a premiere somewhere, and it's like it'll turn your day around. I, I guess I shouldn't put so much value in that, but <laughs> but it can turn my day from like shitty trait in like one second. Yeah, no, it's true though. Um... When did you realize that you made it? I don't even think I have made it, honestly. Like, I I mean, I guess sometimes when I go back and look, like, especially on, like, Facebook memories and stuff, like, things pop up, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, and, and you start really thinking about all the bands that you've worked with over the years. And I don't know, I think that really means I've made it, but I think it means I've been around a long time. So if just surviving <laughs> the music industry for this long means you made it, then I think I've made it. I, I'm not like rolling in dough or anything, but, you know, I've been able to raise a family and um, be independent and mm-hmm. have my own company and kind of do the music industry on my own terms for 20-something years. I mean, that's, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even realize it, but people tell me that. And so... I guess that's more like there's not a moment when you're like, I made it. It's just more like reflecting on all the shit you've done. Yeah. And you're like, man, like that's kind of cool. So I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but let's, I mean, <laughs> let's go with that. Cause like, sure. Why not? I mean, you've worked with, with all kinds of bands. I, I forget. Know. Like people will ask me like, Oh, like, Honestly, like there are bands that I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I can't remember if I work with them or not. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's, it's been a lot. Like, I mean, you'll find out, you know, I'm, I'm older than you, but your memory kind of is like, oh, I forget. Like, you know, every now, like, I wish people tell me I should have kept better records of, like, cataloging all the artists that I've worked with. I, uh, about a year ago, I wanted to create a playlist of, like, all the bands that I've ever worked with, you know, just kind of like an earshot media retrospective. Mm-hmm. And it took me forever, and like things would just pop in my mind. Oh yeah, I worked that band, and da 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 da. So, anyone listening, if you're doing something and you plan to do this for a while, take notes, keep records. Yes, I have yeah. no like I have nothing, like I didn't even take a lot. I mean, you're you take photos, you're a photographer. Like I don't have that much really to show for, for all the stuff that I've done. Honestly, like, I don't have a lot of photos. I don't, you know, I'm horrible at that kind of stuff. But I got my memories, so. Yeah, that reminds me, uh, someone, I forgot who it was, but I'm like, damn, I should have written down, started a list, or kept a list, because for a minute I had a list of all the shows I've gone to. Because you go to shows where there's no ticket, they just place a wristband on you because it's pay at the door. Right. And I'm like, oh my god! I've been going to shows since I was 14. Like, I can't imagine the Excel sheet I'd have right now. <laughs> exactly. That's a good. I know. I know people that do that too. A couple of years ago, too, I, I needed to make space on my computer, and I had a file of all like press photos. Of, and I'm like, I'm gonna need this one day. But I just like, I just was like, I I don't need to hold on to this, and I got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of bummed because that's. You know, that was kind of sort of a reminder of the bands that I've worked with in the past, but... I'm sure something else will turn up. They won't forget you. (laughs) What was the first big band you saw? The first big band that I saw? It's funny, like, the bands that I liked growing up were, like, club... Like, they were bands that would play clubs, you know? They weren't, like... Like, I didn't even go see my first arena rock show until I was probably 19 most of the bands that i liked would play places like the whiskey or troubadour or um you know the palace when they used to have shows or the hollywood palladium so i didn't really go to like big like stadium shows Mm -hmm. very often until i was more of an adult Uh um so it's hard to say i mean I, i saw a ton of bands in like club shows or or Magic Mountain used to have shows. Uh, like I saw Oingo Boingo there. Oh my back God. In the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but I would say, as far as like big, big bands, you know, Metallica, who, uh, The Cure, I saw at Dodger Stadium, um, stuff like that. Yeah. But my very first show I, think I ever went to, like in a club, was a band called The Untouchables. Remember them? I don't know. Oh, yeah. If yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they did at the Roxy, and so anyway, yeah. Well, but dude. I saw a ton of bands. You know, I saw a ton of bands at like the the Palladium, Smashing Pumpkins. I saw at the Hollywood Palladium. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh no, that answers the question. <laughs> the Untouchables I heard of because of a compilation. I just can't remember which one. I think they sang <laughs> that song "Free Yourself." They were kind of like a, they were sort of like Fishbone, like kind of a uh-huh. ska, a little bit of like a ska retro 60s soul band. I don't know. 
K Rock used to play them back in the day. Oh yeah, when yeah, <laughs> no, I could see that. Um, it's weird how radio kind of has its phases too. Yeah, I know it's a trip. Like I don't know if you listen to Sirius XM, mm -hmm. but they have the first wave channel, and mm -hmm. a lot of the former K Rock DJs are on there now. You know, um, I don't know, like Richard Blade and all these people. I don't know, even know if you remember all those. I'm aging myself, but. Oh yeah, and, Richard Blade. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, because K Rock and Jack FM are sister stations. That's so right. So when I was at K Rock, he he had I don't know. Does Jack still have the lunch hour with them? I can't remember. But that's what he had going on at the same time. Right. Yeah, and people love him. Like when I was on the yeah. street team and I was doing all these appearances with with the the other street teamers. Yeah. People would come up to us and tell us stories about how they would listen to K-Rock because of him. Right. That's awesome. What has been your biggest achievement? I don't know. I mean, honestly, like the big stuff's great when you land something awesome, but the small stuff's great too. Like when you take a band that no one's heard of and um, get them their first, you know, review in like a major publication or something. I don't know, like any kind of TV stuff is always exciting, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, all that big stuff. But honestly, like, it's just, I don't know, I guess it just depends on the project and the artist. Um, you know, sometimes even when a project doesn't go great, like you've made like really good friends with, you know, with the band or it's led to like more work with a label that you really admire and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's kind of like different barometers for what success is, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you know, getting a, you know, a platinum record plaque for a good job well done is always a nice feeling getting mentioned in like, in a, you know, liner notes, you know, that was, that's always a thrill when it happens. Uh, which you know not often now because physical product is kind of few and far between but anyway i guess those are sort some certain things you know yeah i i've got a few plaques avenged sevenfold and real big fish and tool and a few others so that's nice it's been a while though i feel like i need i need some new ones all right guys <laughs> you heard it everybody get mike one of those send <laughs> me some plaques no <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Real Big Fish, you've worked with them since the beginning of your shot? Yeah. Yeah, they were uh, pretty much like my first client. I always say they were my first client. There might have been one or two before that. But yeah, that was through my affiliation with their label, Mojo Records. Mm -hmm. And I've, uh, you know, I have so much respect for those guys. Just, I mean, you've probably seen them live several times. Um but they're just fun. Like it's just I've seen their show probably more than any other band, and it's always just a blast, you know. And people love them, and um, they're just good dudes, and um, they're very loyal. So yeah, it's been nice to kind of watch them continue to do what they do, and you know, uh, even when and now that Scott's kind of has a bit of a resurgence, I feel like it's like a really good time for them. So yeah. hopefully they'll be putting something new out soon. They're fun. They're, they're a lot of fun live. Um, 
I've, yeah. I've seen them at the festivals I've seen them at, and I'm just like, dude, they're always so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, um, uh, sorry, I, I was just, I don't know what you're going to say. No, no, no. I, I've just, I've, I'm kind of a sucker for like, you know, that ska stuff. Like I love that wiretaps putting out, you know, the call me Malcolm record mm-hmm. and, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Rundown creeps, you know. I don't know. I, I'm a product of Southern California, and well, since you were talking about them, hopefully, you know, them putting out new music. I feel yeah. that this last year, it it's gonna happen with a lot of bands, just because I'm, they draw influence from whatever, not just yeah. what we're going through globally, but also what they're going through personally this pandemic is definitely going to lead to some interesting art and some cool stuff yeah and all the crap we've been dealing with for the past four years let alone you know last one year but um hopefully we'll get some good protest music out of it (laughs) god i'm telling you i just i cannot and you know what's gonna happen and I've said this before, when shows come back, it's going to be bananas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say Holy. it again. I can't wait. Nobody, please play all on the same night because we're all trying to catch your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, people are talking about festivals could be coming back by the end of the summer. So I don't know. We'll see. I can't wait. I mean, it's like you don't want it to happen too soon because you want yeah. it to be safe. but. I think we're all ready and I know people are ready to get back to work, you know? Yeah. I can't wait. Honestly, I, yeah. God, <laughs> I could go on, but I can't wait. What helps you stay posy? What helps me stay posy is keeping everything in perspective. You know, cause I'll be honest, there's times where I don't stay posy <laughs> and, uh, a lot of times I need to be reminded, um, but I do feel like I have a healthy perspective. Um, I know what we're doing isn't, you know, saving lives or anything. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that and they take it super seriously, what, what we do, any one of us in the music industry. Um, so I think if you, if you have that um, outlook that this is supposed to be fun and... Um, I always do come back to that we're just lucky that we get to do this mm-hmm. and um even you working radio or whatever like we could be doing all kinds of different stuff that would not be anywhere near as you know fun or exciting um so that that's really it and just knowing how yeah like how lucky we are and how um you know how much worse it could be like <laughs> just having that healthy perspective that Someone said once, like, it's, and this is so cliche, and it's probably like a bumper sticker, but, you know, <laughs> instead of saying, like, I have to do this today, like, say, I get to do this today. Like, I have to go to a show. No, you get to go to a show, you know. Uh, I have to, you know, take an artist to do these interviews. No, like, you're, you get to. Like, you know, just having that positive mindset that, you know, we're just lucky to be here doing what we do. I mean, 
Wow. <laughs> perfectly <laughs> perfectly <laughs> stated. Because uh, you're right, especially right now. I mean, I know we, I've been dying to go to a show. It'll be a month on Monday since, not a month, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> a, a year. year a <laughs> year on Monday since <laughs> I went to my last show. Right. And, um, and bands, they've done streams and they've done what they can with that, help raise money for whatever it caused they're, they're, they're trying to help out. Yeah. But when, when it goes back to in person, I think there will be tears at that first show because we can't wait. No doubt. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, you're right. Like I've seen so many live streams over the past year and you know, some of them, you know, big one, like we even paid for like the Foo Fighters one. And it just, I mean, that's how starved we are for like the live music experience and you're kind of like stoked on it, but it cannot replace the, you know, the experience of like being in a live setting with a ton of other people, you know, just grooving to like some kick-ass band. Like, so you're right. Like, I don't know. I think once when that happens, it's going to be like euphoric. Euphoric is that a word? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. no. It's um. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably gonna not gonna remember how to shoot a band. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I just. You know what I mean. But um, you're getting emotional just talking about it. You know, it sucks because yeah. you you talk about pain just watch some of these streams. So I've done that with a few bands. One of them was Jimmy Eat World. Uh-huh. And Futures, I think it's safe to say that that's my favorite album ever. Awesome. And they're playing it. I'm like, oh my God, I, I just, it sucks. Because you, you know that the other people watching that same stream are feeling what you're feeling, that you just want to be there in front of the band watching them do it live. So Yep. Yeah. I mean, thank yeah. God for that technology though, you know, like yeah. things like zoom and all these things kind of, I know they've been around, but they really kind of, you know, had their moment during this. And can you imagine like without this technology, if we all had to go through this without being able to live stream things or talk to people on zoom face to face or FaceTime, like it's kind of like, if it's going to happen, like we're in the right time for it to happen. <laughs> like, at least we can have some sort of connection to people and to live music and things like that. So it's definitely no replacement, but thank God for it, you know? Yeah. And then the bands feed off of our energy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing is like, thank God that bands are able to, you know, monetize it and, and some are making money off these things, you know, because they can't play shows right now. So the fact that they can do these sort of things, but yeah, I mean, I'm over the live stream. Like, <laughs> I want to see some live ass music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go to a show. And I was talking about earlier, like I, you know, club shows are kind of more my speed, but I want to be like, screw that. I want to be in a freaking huge stadium singing to like i don't know what and getting that communal experience with like thousands of other people take me to coachella i don't give a you know i don't give a crap but yeah i just want to be around a ton of people at a live show yeah i don't drink 
but I understand where people come from when they say, man, I would do anything to give up $10 for a beer, <laughs> you know, at a gig because, because right. you miss, you miss that. Like it's, it seems small, but it's like just the little things like standing in line for like 20 minutes to get some merch after the show ended or whatever. Yeah. Getting out of okay. the parking lot. Yeah. And that's what, um, I know you had Catholic guilt on and I listened to that interview, but like that video they did that was animated that kind of oh yeah showed the whole live music experience. That's what I thought was so brilliant. And you could tell like they're feeling the way I feel, you know? And I think they really kind of, it was like really touching to see that because it's exactly what you're talking about. All like the little things, you know, that you go through to, to be at a live show, you know, you miss all that, you know, yeah. like, right. Standing in line to use the bathroom or, you know, all that stuff. You yeah. really take it for granted. And I don't miss people are like, Oh, I miss going to the movies. I miss eating at inside at restaurants. It's like, no, I miss concerts and like big events. Mm -hmm. I miss festivals, you know, like those are the things I miss. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, yep. I tell you, when it, when it picks <laughs> up again, we're all going to be crying. I, I can already see it. <laughs> right um, on. Well, we'll have to, when things pick up, we'll, we'll all meet at a show and we'll get through it together. Yeah. <laughs> so, who's, yeah. No, I can't wait. Anything else you would like to talk about or plug in at this time? Let no, the people know just, stuff? No, just... Um, Check out earshotmedia.com. Just keep supporting awesome bands that Jasmine has on her show. You know, she's amazing, so support anything she does. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> shout out to Wiretap and all my clients, and this has been a lot of fun. Yay. Wiretap, yeah. Earshot Media family. Yes. Hopefully, we'll all be able to party soon. Yes. Safely. Absolutely. So that was my conversation with Mike. That was such a blast. If you're involved in the scene, Earshot Media isn't new to you. Please follow Earshot on social media, Earshot Media on Facebook and at Earshot Media on Twitter and Instagram. If you're in a band and you like professionalism but haven't worked with Mike, please hire him. EarshotMedia.com for more info or to get in touch with Mike. Thank you again to Mike for being a guest on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please check out the Keep It Posy podcast playlist on Spotify. As always, you can hit me up via email or social media. KeepItPosy.com for all the contact info. Thank you again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Keep It Posy podcast. Please take care of yourself and watch out for each other. Stay posy always. And remember, life is like a mosh pit. If you see someone fall, you gotta help that person get back up.